everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds from Sports and about to be joined by Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press. Together we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie post-game show. Sorry about the short notice. We're just trying to get this up as fast as we can. Kenny and Rennie post-game show after what I believe was the most complete Winnipeg Jets game of the season up to this day. That's saying something considering how many complete games we've seen from them going forward, uh, or sorry, going throughout this season. Um, an absolute masterpiece and something that I will say, we'll get into it. We'll break all this down. Tons to break down. I mean, the top line, what they're doing, Adam Lowry, another great night, the third line doing their thing. We can get into the goaltending a little bit. I have to have some kind of ideas, um, maybe ideas of just uh, I, uh, of how things maybe could be handled different to get Lauren Brassois feeling a little bit more comfortable than that because he did not look like it. That's three starts for Lauren Brassois that I didn't think he's looked like. The version of Lauren Brassois we saw down the stretch with the Vegas Golden Knights last year and definitely in the playoffs as he you know, helped topple the Winnipeg Jets and take them out of the playoffs. But the one thing I want to dive into before we get going here is... Okay, the Winnipeg Jets, as an organization, went through a little bit of a war, a little bit of a civil war. We all know what we're talking about here. We know Rick Bonus last season, how he ended things, how he said he was disgusted with the Winnipeg Jets uh, and their play and how the players responded to that um, and, and what that meant for this organization going into the offseason. I will say this. When you say the Winnipeg Jets play the way that they played tonight, the style of play like this. Again, I go back to it. I'm not going to, because there's tons of examples for this, but this is like a great, great example of, you know, the, the Johnston group got you covered play of, uh, of the game for me is, I know I did it a lot of times last year, but the Rick bonus system, like the Rick bonus system has you covered when you play it properly. It's a winning system. It was for the Winnipeg Jets at the top half of the season last year. And it is so far for the Winnipeg Jets again. Now, this is interesting. I'd said this to Ken. It was just a light bulb moment for me. Like when you see the Winnipeg Jets play like this, and if you're Rick Bonus and you know what the Winnipeg Jets last year were capable of, because you saw it for a good chunk of the first half of the season, but you're seeing it again now. What a Winnipeg Jets team that I think, other than the beginning of last year, looks different than almost any iteration of the Winnipeg Jets that we've seen over the years. You know, with the defensive acumen that they have, the effort that's put into back pressure and back checking and turning that into offense. And those are themes we're going to have a field day with on this show here. But if you're Rick Bonus and you knew that the Winnipeg Jets game could look like what it looked like tonight, I think you'd be disgusted too to see how they played and how they whimpered out of the playoffs last season. And I'm starting to wonder if Rick Bonus, you know, in that moment of frustration, coming out and saying that, coming out and talking about, you know, being disgusted and that frustration on full display, if if the Winnipeg Jets maybe as a team didn't really get why he was disgusted. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they were a little bit like, whoa, what's going on here? Why is he saying that he's disgusted with us? I mean, we've gone out and this is how we've played for a number of years. Now, we know he talked about the Jets going back to their old habits. 
But I think the Winnipeg Jets, if you ask them right now, the way they're playing, the results they're getting, the way that it's not a sacrifice of offense to play defense, but actually builds on the offense to play defense right now. I wonder if the Winnipeg Jets or some of them would maybe be cluing in right now and be like, that's why he was disgusted. That's why he was so frustrated at the end of the season, because when we do this, this is what we can look like. This is what we're capable of. And I guess I would say this. I'd said it at the beginning of the season. I didn't know how the Winnipeg Jets were going to respond to the offseason, to that kind of fight that they had with their coach. I think the vast majority of us, a good chunk of us anyways, in the media, Jets fans, thought that maybe last year after the players came out and kind of, you know, I always say they held a mutiny against their head coach. I think a lot of us thought that it was done for Rick Bonus in, in this town. Rick Bonus stuck around, went through the summer, and went to those very Winnipeg Jets players who he said, I'm disgusted by your play, and they held a mutiny against him. And he turned around and he said, fine, but what I need you to do is get back in line and get back to playing the system that I know is going to work for this team. He convinced them to do it, and 13 games in the season have the Jets humming along, playing his system to an absolute T. Hey, the coaching staff, has, I know he's not here right now. The coaching staff has a hand in this. But you have to think how remarkable it is that Rick Bonus had this team playing great hockey last year. They abandoned it. He called them out for it. They pushed back and held a mutiny against him. And he calmly handled that, turned around, and now has won the Winnipeg Jets over and has them back playing a system, I would say, built on the old system that we saw at the beginning of last year and added to it that has them looking how they looked tonight Ken's going to have a different Johnson group got you covered play of the game as he should, because there's a great, great example of it, but Holy smokes, just take it in for a second and think about what Rick bonus and his coaching staff have done when this team like looked like it had fallen off a cliff last year, he's dusted them off and has them playing some of the most impressive Winnipeg Jets hockey I have ever seen since I started covering this team in 2014. Absolutely great stuff. That's my take on it. We're going to bring Ken, the man with the best music in the business here, to have a conversation about it. Can't wait for it. So let's not wait for it. Let's bring him in right now. Here comes Kenny. Ken, it would be hard to suggest much could look better than the Winnipeg Jets look tonight, but loving that suit. Got the poppy going. You're rocking it here. I said it's going to be nice to get back into the Vittorio Rossi threads, <laughs> and here we are looking like a million bucks. I forgot about this tie. That uh, It's this subtle, like, off kind of, like, slash burgundy slash purple. Just yeah. one of the 
great finds that uh, the Frankie and the boys can set you up with. If you head on down to Vittorio Rossi on Corden Avenue, you know what to do. Head down there, walk in, loudly proclaim that Kenny and Rennie sent you, and let them know that you're here to see Frankie and the boys and you need them to take care of you. And that's what they do. They always take care of their boys down there. They always take care of their gals. It's a great place uh, to go check out. Please do that. So uh, if you're in the market for looking good, and everybody should be in the market for looking good. Ken, what did you think of that game tonight? Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty impressive effort by the Jets in a lot of fronts. Uh, There was a time where Nashville found a way to hang around, even though it was pretty one-sided, one-sided affair. But uh, overall, I thought the Jets were pretty sound structurally. Um, I, I liked a lot of what we saw offensively in terms of what they were able to generate and create. Um, overall, very sound effort. Uh, they did a lot of great things. The balance on display again. You saw guys standing up for each other. You saw Dylan Sandberg laying out and blocking shots. Uh, you saw people battling uh, a couple things that were a little bit loose in terms of line changes you know consecutive bench minors don't happen terribly often but uh, overall I mean it's just another sound effort Um, I think what we're finding is the Jets are doing an excellent job as we've been talking about the last few shows within the within the central division which is massive for them huge Um, they it's one of the reasons they made the playoffs last year uh, and it's one of you know one of the reasons they're off to such a strong start this year. Um, you know, the top line continues to shine. Uh, nice oh, yeah. job by them. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah that, indeed. That, that's happening. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, hold on a sec. Before it's, it's 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 hanging in the room like rotten really rancid not. meat. <laughs> and really MBHA ball hockey says, somebody remind Kenny not to break up the first line. <laughs> if people need to be reminded of this, the third line that has been going for a long time and continues to go great night for them tonight. And the first line who hadn't been going, Ken had suggested breaking up that third line, putting Nino Niederreiter up onto the top line. And all of Ken's, I like to call it Stockholm Syndrome. Ken, it's the only explanation for me, the people in the chat room who are following along with you, because to me, there's only one explanation for for having that opinion. And it's a little bit of like lost mind, like the Pied Piper you were started playing the flute and they got into line and followed you into maybe your worst take ever on this show, Ken. I have to say 20 20 combined points between Alex Iafallo, Kyle Connor, and Mark Shifley since your call to break that line up and also break up the line that was working before that. Ken, there has to be some kind of acknowledgement that maybe, just maybe, it was a little bit extreme to suggest what you were suggesting. And maybe, just maybe, if the Winnipeg Jets are listening to the KNR show, that <laughs> Scott Arneal took a look at what Kenny was saying and thought to himself, that's crazy. That's absolutely <laughs> crazy. Come on. There's got to be some kind of acknowledgement. Bust it well, up. There, there's a reason why Scott O'Neill is, is in the coaching chair and I'm, you know, on the sidelines uh, commenting on the, uh, on the suggestions exactly. box here. So exactly. Uh, that's, it's that's okay. Not, that's it's not okay news. to admit it. Just let it go, Ken. Yeah. You'll Cause I was so completely wrong that the first line needed to do more offensively. Yeah. I, I, I'm, <laughs> Well, I'm not, I never I'm not said taking that. that. I, I, well, I preached patience. That was the whole I point, Sean. That was the whole you point. Preached, you preached dis- taking taking the Lego tower and <laughs> smashing it on the floor and then starting to rebuild it no, again. No, really. That's what you said. I said, let's no, just, 
let's just sit there and see what kind of yeah. logo tower we're coming up with here. What I said was that Alex Iafalo's uh, heavy effort and hard work would fit just as well on the Lowry line as it was on the top line, and that Nino Niederreiter might be able to spark it. But guess what? Kyle Connor's up to 11 goals. Uh, and my prediction of 50 for him last year that didn't come true uh, might be, you know, he might be pushing that number uh, before long here uh, based on how well he's playing. And uh, it's just impressive to see. Uh, Mark Scheifele had an assist data. He's up to four points here. Uh, we have uh, Kyle Connor hat trick, four points. Ayafalo's got his offensive mojo flowing here. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> Roy Mack, there you go. Uh, good. Roy thanks Mack for says, this is great. Roy Mack says, Kenny is never afraid to admit when Rennie is wrong. That's what he <laughs> says. I, I get hey, it. I I'm get happy it. to keep the receipts here. It's no problem. Uh, you know, like I said, Alex, I follow was working very hard. It just, that line didn't have a lot of chemistry or flow and guess what? They stuck with it and now they look like a dominant line. So patience, uh, young grasshopper. Uh, That's, that is a receipt I will keep. I called for patience and right now you may not want to. No, no, you didn't call for patience. That was out of my mind to suggest a seven time 20 goal scorer couldn't help the top line is what, is what. Oh, I never, I never said it couldn't (laughs) help the top line. I, I, and I remember I said that the only worst take I could imagine was you suggesting the Jets trade for Wheeler, bring him back and break up all the lines that were working to try and get Blake Wheeler's season going. That was, uh, that 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 was, that wasn't a, uh, that, that wasn't an exaggeration (laughs) by any stretch. Blake Wheeler on the board with his first goal with the Rangers tonight. By the way, good timing for you on that one. Celebrate good times. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> no, the first line's rolling. I mean, and, you know, of course, uh, the coaching, guess what? The coaching staff knows more than we do. Um, you know, this just Then you, then you. Okay. <laughs> I think I was on side with them on this one. Yeah, Actually, right. we've got really good examples, Ken, of a lot of things that we got right on this show that we predicted w- would happen as of late. Sure. including the power play, which we said, which we had talked about after that uh, Rangers game and suggested it was starting to turn things around. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about was they needed a better net front presence. We've got a great Kyle Connor story where yeah. he talks about exactly that. We'll get to that. I guess I just want to say this. I think the pristine wake up call of the game, I was going to throw it towards Gustav Nyquist because I thought that that when they were down and they had the penalty and he decides to stay behind and down the ice rather than getting back to help his team. And he tries to take out Mark Shifley in that play. There seemed like wake up worthy to me to put a jets power play that looked great and has looked great lately on a five on three. That was to me, pristine roofing, uh, the wake up call of the game, no doubt. But I think, I don't think it always has to be negative. I think sometimes the pristine roofing wake up call can be an example of waking up. And I don't think there's any doubt at all that Mark Shifley's top line along with Alex Iafallo and Kyle Connor have woken up and uh, hey if you want a glorious wake up like that well give a glorious wake up to our main man uh, uh, North End Rick Uh, he's the guy that you want to get a hold of if you want to have that kind of quality work you're seeing from the Jets top line you'll get that quality work from pristine roofing it's that time of year like I said it doesn't know whether it wants to snow or rain or be ice or melt or whatever and that's I know wreaking havoc with some of you and your roofing and siding and exteriors so give North End Rick the wake up call that the Winnipeg Jets top line has clearly got at 1-204-981-6289 or you can call pristine roofing directly at 1-204-2 237-7663. Ken, the floor is back to you. 
Yeah, I just want my 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 runner up or honorary uh, honorary commentary on the wake up would be the uh, if if the goal had not counted <laughs> because of the glancing yeah. glancing rub of the glove outside of the blue paint and uh, it, I'm I, still, it's still again <laughs> I I you know what my inbox and I've been talking with Pat Rathwell a former ref about yeah. this and we've been having this conversation. My litmus test, because like it seemed like everyone was losing their minds over the refs tonight. My litmus test, how I do this, I watch a lot of games outside of the Winnipeg Jets because I, you know, I, the 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 Coyotes are coming. I got to do a Coyotes game. I got to do a Tampa game. So I'm always watching other games, and I invariably can I watch other teams play, and rarely do I ever think to myself, "Man, the referees are totally." blowing this game and invariably in every game I watch the home crowd at some point is chanting refs you suck refs you suck I don't know that a Boston Bruins fan would have tuned in tonight and watched this game and been like oh my god the refereeing is the worst we've ever seen I don't think that it's like to me tonight the 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 complaints that everyone is having I don't want to get too much into this and I know I like to say I don't like getting into the refs and I think I find myself which is crazy because as a player I yelled I probably yelled at (laughs) Pat Rathwell a billion times um but uh sometimes you've got the receipts on that too uh (laughs) but uh I I mean yes that that and I it's the first thing I did. I tweeted right off the bat. That is not goaltender interference. Oh. But what the officials did was the officials saw that he bumped the glove, and he doesn't have the benefit that we have of slow motion replay of a, a, an above cam that gives you a perfect view of whether or not Soros was in or out of the crease. He bumps the glove. If listen, if he's in the crease and he bumps the glove, there's a case for goaltender interference. So he saw the bump. He didn't know whether it was in or not. He made the call, but then they went and they did the right thing. They deliberated over it. They got the call right. To me, this is a non-issue. Like, this is an example of the NHL officiating working the way it's supposed to work. I I don't see a big issue with that, but I... No, no, for sure. He just was so... He was so vehement and waving it off for such a minor bump or whatever. And you could also argue that it was the Predators defenseman that pushed him in. Um, I mean, he also also could have had a, you know, could have had time to reset. Regardless, it it was a nothing play in the game. It just seemed like a such a strange sequence. And, you know, I, I mean, the Jets took a bunch in a row. But I'm sorry, I mean... Dylan, you know, Brennan Dylan plays hard, but that it was slashing. I mean, he slashed right on his stick. He entirely I mean, slashed. It was, a, yeah, it was an I, obvious I, penalty. I, I mean, Ehlers at the end of his shift, he, he was tired. He he grabbed a hole, like he took his hand off his own yeah, stick and grabbed the guy. That that's an obvious penalty. Um, yeah, you know, one of the bench it. miners, you might have thought it was, you know, 50-50, but when when Morgan Barron jumped onto the ice, he didn't mean it, but he impeded the play. So the ref had no choice but to call exactly. it. So um, exactly. Anyways, the I've whole got, conspiracy got... theory that uh, that that's also a wake up to people who think it's a conspiracy theory. Um, and somebody else in the early going here was beaking uh, Lauren Brassois' gray pads and saying they were ugly. I'm like, come on, that is a full wake up. Also, uh, it was oh, a name I didn't recognize. Geez. We we yes, welcome you to the show, but it's one of the best looking kits in the NHL. So. There's nothing ugly about it. Now, we'll get into Lauren Brassois in a minute. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's just my extra two cents there. But it was just such a yeah, weird let, sequence. Let, now, good on them for getting it right. Now, yeah. that's also part of, uh, I mean, I would say they did wake up. They did have a chance to, you know, talk about it. And they're like, okay, well, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. This is what I saw. There you go. Um, 
Uh, anyways, let's, uh, let's keep going. Let's not waste any more time on the refs. It's too good of a game. Too no, much sure. going on uh, to even like spend time on something. And again, it's, really, a hard job. it's a hard job. It's a hard job. It's a hard job. Well, not, again, like I said, we've got, we've got high definition, instant replay of course. in slow motion. And uh, they're we calling it in we're like, look at these idiots, right? You know, it's um, a Pat Rathwell. I thought like pointed out, he agreed, disagreed with a couple of calls, but that Morgan Barron call, sorry, or non-call where Morgan Barron slashed the other player's stick and broke his stick over it. And I believe that earned a refs you suck chant in the building because well, they thought Morgan actually, Barron slashed the other player and his sure. stick broke. But I think what people happened... people thought the, that it should have been a penalty because no, his stick broke. It's the like, fans thought the other guy slashed player. him though, but I agree with I you. I know, but that's, that's what, what I'm saying. They got it wrong. The, the fans Jets got actually got lucky. Yelling, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm... So that is my point. Is It's like if the building is losing its mind chanting refs you suck and if anyone got away with the penalty it's it's the jets in that okay move on from that there's too much to talk about um let's get to uh adam lowry just because i i'd said in my hit with sportsnet after this this guy is the very pulse of the winnipeg jets right now like gets in a fight walks out does it again he's already got an assist to start things in that game, uh, I think a lot of people were thinking with the empty net, there was a good chance he was going to either he was ending up with the Gordie Howe hat trick or Kyle Connor was going to end up with the hat trick. But um, just what can be said that we haven't said already about Adam Lowry and his leadership of this team? Yeah, I mean, all of the things here. I mean, Adam, you know, coming to the defense of Rasmus Kapari. Uh, you know, I thought it was a clean hit personally by Lozon. Um, it wasn't real. I mean, he kind of rode him a little bit high, but this is, I mean, I love this. Adam, <laughs> Adam admitted it after he goes, I didn't really see the hit, but he saw his player go to the bench awkwardly. So he's like, well, let's go. Lozon says, sure. And again, respect is such an important thing. And Sean, uh, you were in a lot more fights than I was, but um, for good reason. But the fact that the, the fact the fact that Lozon respects Adam enough that he doesn't bounce on him when he felt like he slipped right away, uh, that fight could have been over in three seconds. But instead, he let him get back up. Then they square back off, and and it's an intense fight. Uh, the second one, Adam is like clean hit so he delivered the clean hit so he's wondering why he has to go and he's like ah well this cole smith guy is trying to make an impression on his new head coach fine Uh, Mm -hmm. but he just thought you know it's fine to want to get engaged in that situation but smith kind of jumped him now let's not kid ourselves sean if you or i were getting into a tilt with adam lowry or someone who's six foot five you don't really blame the guy for wanting to get the first punch in, right? But no, no. You know, and Adam understands the situation. But I mean, we talk about this all the time. I, I think it's it, it's absurd uh, that guys have to fight after clean hits. And in this situation, actually, both hits were clean. But you understand stepping up for teammates and all of those things, and and what it means in the grand scheme of things. So you know, neither here nor there. Adam, you know, <laughs> also the confession is Knuckles not feeling the best after two fights and quick to admit i have no intention of fighting twice in one period adam's playing too well for the jets to have to spend 10 plus minutes in penalties in the penalty box yet he still found a way to be an effective player you know on the penalty kill everything else but you know the only reason he played 13 26 is because he spent 10 minutes in the box so um unfortunate for the jets but there again you had other guys like you know rasmus kapari stepped up and played on that line for a bit you know lowry just doing 
what Adam Lowry does, as you said, I mean, leading on and off the ice, uh, you know, everything, talking his, his appreciation for Lauren Brassois being able to pick up a win, for Dylan Sandberg blocking nine shots, uh, all of the things that we're going to continue to talk about here in the game itself. But yeah, I mean, Adam is is playing at, you know, and Sean, we, we talked about this with Adam the day he got announced as captain. He knew, you know, it was unlikely for him to score at the rate that he scored at during the playoffs, but he wanted to impact the game. And, and that's what he's doing. He's impacting the game, whether it's on the score sheet, whether it's with a big physical hit, whether it's blocking a shot, winning, he, you know, he's among his team leaders in face-off percentage. You know, he's on the penalty kill. He's doing all of the things that he needs to do. And he's doing it so well. And with such a, you know, with such, he does, you know, for for a big guy who plays so mean, he does everything with such grace when it comes to his off-ice presence, uh, and he's really handling, the, you know, he's just barely two months on this job, and he's handling it incredibly well. Um, I, I'll say this about Adam Lowry. I think that, like, what strikes me about him time and time and time again is, like, I don't know, the word I think is noble. Like, he's a noble guy. Like, so Ken, he goes, he gets into that first fight there and he slips and he goes down. And Lozon lets him get up, which I have all the respect in the world for that, right? Like, if you're doing that, you are saying to that guy, I, I know I know that I didn't get you down. I respect you enough to allow you to get back up and let's yep. resume this. So that that's noble. And what, what what's no, like Lozon was noble in that situation. But Adam Lowry talks about that in the post game, right? He goes through that fight and says like the, that he let him down and let him get up and talks about that. Like that's the right thing to do. That is a hockey player's code that goes along with it. The guys who treat each other with respect do those kind of things. So he goes and he does that. But what he doesn't mention in the post game interview, Ken, is that Lozon slips as well and goes down and Adam right. Lowry lets him up afterwards as well. So he's sitting there and he's pumping up the opposition guy about the good things that he did there. And he's not mentioning the things that he did. Adam Lowry at every single turn. Like I, I just can't imagine in the game of hockey. I'm sure he's like, I would guess he's like this in life as well, Ken, but he just always does the right thing, whether it's respecting the opposition, yeah. whether it's standing up and fighting Ryan Reeves in a situation where he feels he needs to do it, whether it's, it's like leading by example and constantly going out and like playing the game the right way. He's just always, always, always doing the right thing. Um, and and I, I'll say this, Ken, like I know it's a s- stupid, a stupid, small uh, sample size, 13 games into the season that he's been the captain. I think we're already at the stage where we can have the conversation that Adam Lowry is the best fit as captain and maybe the best captain the Winnipeg Jets 2.0 have ever had. I mean, I don't know that I saw Blake Wheeler lead the team the way that Adam Lowry has done it, and I don't believe that I saw that uh, out of uh, um, uh Andrew Ladd either. I'm not saying that those guys weren't didn't show captainly details, but I don't think that those guys are capable of being the level of captain that that Adam Lowry has shown already 13 games into the season. I think that the future of the Winnipeg Jets with him wearing the C is bright. And if we're talking about holding on to receipts, I'll readily admit I thought that it should have been Josh Morrissey 
who got picked for the captain. Like I thought it was a virtual tie, but I'd put Morrissey first. One of the reasons why is I think with a promotional material and stuff, material and stuff like that, that's out there. If you get the guy who's more of a star around the league, it's beneficial, but there is nothing that can be taken away from Adam Lowry as the captain of this hockey team. And there's nothing that can be taken away by the, from the Winnipeg jets, by the way they've reacted to that captaincy and the, the style and brand and grit of game that they are playing. I think they are very, I think that Kevin shovel and Rick bonus went out and said, we want to find a guy that represents the city of Winnipeg and a guy that we want to be a figurehead that everyone in that roster tries to emulate and tries to follow. I think that's happening right now. And I think it's one of the reasons the Winnipeg Jets are playing one of the best brands of hockey I've seen them play since they returned to Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, Adam got an A last year when they stripped Blake Wheeler of the captaincy and, you know, the Jets had the best start in franchise history. So, I mean, this is a guy who has always had a strong voice when it comes to the leadership group, you know, with the exception, I mean, Dave himself told Mike McIntyre, he felt the year when, when Dave Lowry took over as, you know, interim head coach, that it was tough on Adam because, you know, having your son on the team makes things a little bit uncomfortable at times. So anyways, Adam is doing an awesome job. Um, and there's no doubt. I mean, there's no real... There's no question about that. I mean, there there are going to be difficult times, but like the Jets are already going through some adversity in the early going uh, in terms of the on-ice stuff they've had to deal with. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing. You always find out what teams are made of when times are tough. And, I mean, the Jets have made sure um, that they're off to such a great start um, this year. I mean, they're doing a good job of putting losses behind them. And, you know, they're basically on, on a humongous roll, uh, as it turns out. And, you know, again, leadership is part of it. But, I mean, Adam is always the first guy to say, um, you know, he's been leaning on guys like Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley. And it's still a collective when it comes to the leadership, even though he's the guy wearing the C. And, yes, he is a humble guy and a noble guy. That's a great word for it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's handling the captaincy as well as anyone could. And, you know, he should be saluted for that. There's no doubt about it. Um, hey, I want to just make this turn here. I love this. In Bones, we trust as Sweet Lou needs to have an intervention with Kenny's Nino <laughs> up to the first line. Hot take. I think Sweet Lou is the only guy who could actually reach you and get it through your head what yeah. you've done to your reputation with that take. Uh, but in the meantime, Ken, uh, just <laughs> until you get that inter- intervention from Sweet Lou, please just give Sweet Lou a shout out here. Yeah, for folks who are in the realty market, whether you're buying or you're selling, uh, Lou Ferlin is your man from Lou from Royal DePage Dynamic Realty. You can reach him at 204-791-9971 or at the office, 204-989-5000. His email is lou at louferlin.ca. That's L-O-U at L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N.ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast, for which we are eternally grateful. And Sean, I think we're going to, uh, that idea that we got from uh, from my pal Donnie Bergman, I think we're going to have to get the buy and sell. We're going to have to incorporate, uh, we'll, 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 get, okay. we'll start to incorporate that into the show. Let's do that. Maybe uh, not tonight, well, but here, we'll, let, we'll just, there's we the can, tease for it. We, we can, should I, should I give the audience an idea of what it is? And then, sure, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. The they, idea they can put we their votes about. in in the uh, chat room, but I think yeah. that's a good idea. Because Sweet Lou does, you know, both, and he does them as as good as it's done. You know, he both buy, mm-hmm. he helps you buy, he both hel- helps you sell. Um, th- think of it kind of like a stock market play. Who are you buying? Who are you selling right now? Like you're you're probably buying 
Kyle Connor right now at this stage because he's absolutely on fire and you know the first line the players around him are playing well who who thought they wouldn't I mean it seemed like it was obvious that it was going to go in that direction and maybe you're selling on Rasmus Kapari if you're you know looking <laughs> looking for for goals if you're in some kind of league or something like that and it's based on actually getting points and achieving what you're trying to achieve in the game of hockey which is score goals maybe you're selling on Rasmus Kapari right now uh, because hey he had chances uh, tonight, Ken, uh, and you'd pointed that out. He's getting those chances. I, I, I actually, this is one of my favorite lines. What did you, what did you write to me about him? I love this. It was, um, <laughs> oh yeah, it's Ken texted me Kupari with another chance, but can't find it. And I responded, I think you just wrote his career retrospective, Ken. So to me, I mean, it's it's a guy who puts himself in a position, but his history tells us he doesn't capitalize on those. And what we're seeing from him currently right now is a guy who can generate and can give himself chances. But uh, cashing in on those chances is a tough one. Hey, I just wanted to say this and and relate this. We talked about uh, Adam Lowry being noble, uh, always kind of doing the right thing. I'll say this about Cambrian Credit Union. Uh, not quite the Kenny and Rennie OGs, but right, right there. They've been there with us uh, from the very... Very, very close to the beginning. They've always done right by us, Ken, which is why we both have our mortgage with them, why uh, my kids have unfee accounts with them, why my family's been there. And talk about doing the right thing. Uh, Cambrian Credit Union always involved with the uh, you know the sponsorships, the donations, always involved in the community. Uh, so one of the reasons we're with Cambrian is it's an organization that to us always looks like they're doing the right thing. Uh, and backing that up. So uh, good on them, the near Kenny and Rennie OGs. Um, Ken, let us get into why you think that. Oh, let's get into this. We were talking about this, Kyle Connor, a little bit earlier on, talking about uh, one of the things that we called was getting net front traffic to the power play. Kyle Connor had an interesting uh, revelation about what happened behind the scenes and one of the reasons he believes their power play has turned around. Take it away, my man. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've been talking about the puck movement a lot, but, you know, obviously getting to the net is imperative. Uh, and we saw, you know, Nino, Nino Niederreiter get to the net against Arizona when he, you know, redirected that great pass from Nikolai Ehlers. I mean, we saw great net front presence from Alex Iafalo before he moved down to give himself or provide an option for Kyle Connor on the Mark Scheifele goal the other day. And, you know, I mean, today it's another classic, you know, Guess guess what? This time it's a five on three, and there's Cole Perfetti banging it home on a rebound. I mean, there we go. I mean, that's it's the Jets are doing a great job, and it's not just one person; it's guys on each unit. Uh, they're doing a much better job, and you know, Kyle Connor's been so insightful this year, Sean. And turn you know, heard him with Paul Edmonds on the pregame uh, today, and you know, him talking after the game as well about you know when you ask him about the power play, you know, just really. The Jets were fed up with being 0 for 20. I mean, they knew that they weren't playing well enough and doing the right things. So, you know, he comes out. They they do a good job. You get some traffic. You're moving the puck. Now you're snapping it around. You're opening up some more shot lanes. And, you know, now they're getting some reward. And it's so it's so wild, right? I mean, we think of the struggles in 0 for 20, and the Jets are 27th, 28th, 29th uh, in the NHL in the power play. All of a sudden they, you know, they go four for eight. Now they score today again. Um, you know, now they're up to 20th. And, you know, soon enough, 
soon enough, they're maybe middle of the road. So, I mean, it's something where we knew that there's enough skill out there, uh, made a couple of important tweaks, um, shifting Ehlers and, and Perfetti around. And, you know, I said this with Kelly in the pregame as well. I mean, nobody has banged the drum more for Nikolai Ehlers on the top unit than me. But for him to be just another guy on that top unit, whereas now he can be the centerpiece and the guy who, you know, is the key distributor and shooter on that second unit, um, you know, it's a better fit now. Can he use a little bit more ice time? Of course. But right now the top unit has benefited from Cole Perfetti being on it. And that's not a knock on Ehlers. It's just Ehlers needs to have the puck on his stick more. And generally speaking, the top unit runs through Mark Shifley. So there weren't enough touches for him and he's not rolling at the level that we're used to him being at. So net front presence has been massive. Scott O'Neill talked about it in the post game as well. It's about a willingness to go to those hard areas. And Sean, quite frankly, since the Jets got uh, Nino Niederreiter, Vladislav Nemestikov, pre-deadline, and since they added guys like Ayafalo and Velarde, even though he's still hurt, uh, you know, for folks who've been asking for updates, Scott O'Neill told us today, um, Gabe Velar- Gabriel Velarde was on the ice on his own before the Jets skated today. So next step for him will be added, you know, get him into a non-contact sweater out with his teammates. We'll see when that happens. I, I don't think it will be imminent. Uh, it'll be four weeks on Tuesday. I'm not expecting him to be ready. Uh, could it be in the fourth week? We'll see what happens. Uh, I would think it's more likely to be in that fifth week where we comes he when he comes back into the lineup. And just quickly... You know, when he comes back, I think you could ease him in by starting him on that second line. I don't think he needs to automatically go back up. Now, it'll depend on how Alex Ifollow is playing. But based on how it's going right now, um, I think that you're probably bumping Vladislav Nemestikov down and you're having Velarde or Cole Perfetti play center with Nikolai Ehlers on that second line. I think that's where I see him coming back into the lineup. Um I don't know. Well, what about you, Sean? I mean, what what's your take on that quickly? Well, hear me out. What about the idea of breaking up both the first line and the third line? <laughs> okay. You know, you're, I'm trying to be as polite as possible, but like if you want to so, talk about, about rotten takes, like myself. maybe we should talk about the Oilers for a little while. I know it's not an Oilers show, but you know. Like, no, no. Too okay. much to talk about here. And All before right. we do that, it's been called for. Uh, I'm feeling it. I'm in the zone. Uh, Robert Sutton says headband, headband banger. Uh, I've got the best headband banger out there that there is brought to us by one of the best musicians that, hey, my favorite Kenny and Rennie musician. He's the man. Uh, let's make this a Sean's headband version of the Kenny and Rennie show. Okay, before we get into all the goals that came off it, I want to get have a little conversation quickly about. I, I thought there, there was great stuff uh, in the post game today. Adam Lowry, like I said, the, the kind of nobility that he showed in having those conversations. Kyle Connor revealing about the Jets getting together and having that meeting and just basically walking out of it and being like, "We need to get to the net front more often." And what's I mean, something we called for on the show that I said we were starting to see 
in that Rangers game. And then all of a sudden now what we're seeing is chaos in front of the net that's created when the shots get there. Chaos in front of the net means that the defenders have to collapse. Collapsing means there's more room for Kyle Connor to shoot. I mean, there was a couple times Kyle Connor could have had five goals tonight, right? There were two Great saves that Soros made on one-timers on the power play by Kyle Connor. So that's working well. But I think what we're seeing here at this stage right now, Ken, um, and I love that. Uh, oh, so if we're talking about good co- comments after the uh, after the game, Scott Arneal, uh, I thought really did a good job of handling the idea of the evolution. And I don't want to say evolution, but I guess it's just kind of like the building blocks to their game that we're seeing from the Winnipeg Jets so far this year. He'd said that he, for the most part, has thought that Mark Shifley, that top line, before they exploded the way they've exploded, have been really good defensively this year. And that I think there's something to be said about that line being dry to the point that we're having these conversations about what do you need to do to get that first line going. And through all that, that line stayed committed to defense, stayed committed to the system that they were playing with the suggestion by the coaches for the longest time that this defensive style is going to lead to offense at some point. They stayed with it. Like what happened to the Jets last year, if you listen to their coaching staff, is all of a sudden they started falling back into their old habits and they just couldn't get out of it. It was a downward spiral, right? Well, a lot yeah. oftentimes that happens when things don't go well and you start to squeeze the stick and then you start to try and go back to the things that may have worked for you in the past. Give credit to that first line. They did not do that. They didn't cheat the game. They were playing it right this entire season. And now all of a sudden that offense that the coaches promised and said, if you do this, if you back check, if you back pressure, if you lift sticks on players going back and turn it back the other way, that transition game is going to come and it's going to lead to offense. Well, that's what we heard from Scott Arneal today is basically the transition part of that game that wasn't there has clicked. And now the Winnipeg Jets are absolutely on fire offensively because they're playing this system and being a defense first team, which is why their position possession metrics are so good, which is why they're consistently out shooting the other team. But now the puck's going in the net because they're they it's clicked. It's clicked how they do this. And I have to say this, it's almost a reverse engineering thing. For all those years, Ken, I would talk about this Jets team and I would talk about the idea that I thought that they were very opportunistic. They'd Mm -hmm. get a lot of opportunistic scoring. They would play in a game. They would suck. They would play terribly. Their attitude seemed to be bad. Their effort level seemed to be bad. But they were opportunistic scorers. They were the kind of players that I thought, like, you give them an opportunity – Nine times out of you know out of ten, they're going to score more often than the opposition. Which I thought tonight was a great example because there was a couple times. Uh, speaking of guys who could have had a lot of points, Forsberg could have had four goals tonight. He missed an oh yeah two open two. nets two and could have had had uh, you know. But the Jets are to 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 my liking more likely to lock in on that. But in the past, I think they were because they cheated for offense. This is reverse engineering by the Winnipeg Jets head coaching head coach and their coaching staff that started last year where they said, I know the jets have this inordinate ability to capitalize on opportunities. What we're going to do is we're going to get them to play the game the right way and eventually lead them to a place where they see that that opportunistic scoring still exists within them. 
but they can also play the game the right way and defensively at the same time. So the Jets have taken their ability to score that they've shown for all those years. In essence, they've reverse engineered it. They've added defense to it. And that's what we're seeing from this team right now. Um, and I just really, really thought it was a great explanation by by Arneal of, of how they've done that. Yeah, I mean, and that it's a good example. Like, let's let's that leads right into the lamplighter for me. I mean, it, the Kyle Connor second goal, Sean, is is all back check with what you're talking about. Mark Shifley is there, so is Kyle Connor. That's how they get the transition offense going, both from exceptional back pressure. Kyle gets the puck in full speed. Alexander Carrier is thinking that Kyle is going to shoot it because he's feeling so good with his shot. He toe drags him across the the grain. Uh, UC Saros is down and out in Beverly Hills, and Kyle Connor waits patiently enough that he outlasts Saros and then somehow still has the ability to backhand the puck underneath the sliding carrier who is trying to get back into the play after he got you know walked essentially um but that play doesn't happen without the back pressure and sean scott o'neill said it when i asked him about it that's one of the prettiest goals you're going to see and on the bench what are they talking about they're talking about the two skilled players back checking to make that happen and guess what when your two most skilled players on the team, or two of the most skilled, whatever you want to say, however way you want to say it, when they're doing that and demonstrating the buy-in, the other players have no choice but to play with that same lever level of of effort. And you know, it's just impressive to see. Um, you know, Kyle Connor is very understated, if you will. Uh, you know, I've said this before, the whole KFC, like he should be wearing the KFC t-shirt for every single post-game interview, whether it's at a podium, at a stall, at a backdrop, but that's not him. But if Kyle Connor was playing in Toronto, Sean, you look up, Kyle Connor's got 11. Austin Matthews, Mr. Former MVP, all we see on the shows, Austin Matthews scored again. Well, <laughs> Kyle Connor's two behind Austin Matthews for the Rocket Richard Trophy race. So uh, this is a guy who, you know, I, I don't think you can call Kyle Connor underrated, but because he's understated, I don't think we talk about his goal scoring ability enough. Yes, as we said, last year, his down year was 31, which is higher than most players' best year of their career. Uh, but he's found his offensive groove again, uh, burying shots and and getting chances like mad, Sean. Another seven-shot effort. He had seven the other night. Uh, he's just absolutely on fire right now. And when he and Mark Shifley are playing the way that they're playing right now, the Jets are an incredibly dangerous team. And as you mentioned, this is one of the times where now the Jets have two lines really going, and then they've got those other two lines playing well enough um, and that's important because earlier on there were too many nights when the Jets had only one of their lines going. And, I mean, we talked about this before, but, um, you know, the goaltending is going to stabilize. I mean, we're not blaming the goalies for en- for everything uh, by any stretch. The goalies are playing okay, but they can play better. The Jets have sub-900 goaltending in terms of save percentage. Uh, they still give up too many chances at times. And as you mentioned, I mean, Forsberg on that backdoor tap on the power play it's a one goal game if he buries that one. Right. So yeah, uh, there's some things they can tighten up for sure. 
Uh, I think that the the goaltending will continue to get better. And as you mentioned, Lauren Brassois needs to get into a bit of a rhythm. And I think that will start. He'll play either next Friday or next Saturday against Buffalo or against Arizona. Uh, and then it's time. Now, then he'll get into a little bit better rhythm. But anyways, that uh, the Kyle Connor goal is my lamp lighter. And, uh, you know, we should give that promo a big hit here before we uh, roll out. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, hey, um, if you uh, are, well, that's, sorry, that's Kenny's lamplighter. Yeah. Uh, hashtag lamplighter, hashtag TCB, whatever you want to do. Uh, I agree with him. I think that you, though, should share your lamplighter, your favorite goal of the game, or what you thought was the best goal of the game. And the reason you should is if you do, you are automatically entered to win a frosty, delicious eight-pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends at TransCanada Brewing Company. If you cannot wait for Kenny and Rennie to gift you your very own eight-pack of frosty, delicious lamplighter amber ale, the nectar of the gods, you know what to do. Head on down to TransCanada Brewing Company. Join them in their tap room at 11290 Keniston, where we will be having our December Christmas slash holiday slash December to remember slash December to dismember, as some of the no. wrestling fans in the show have been talking about. Uh, it's got all kinds of names. Why? Because you you can't just give an epic party like that one name. You've got to give it a bunch of them. It's going to be great. Join us down there on December 10th. Uh, if you haven't been down there, the awesome the pizza, link. awesome appies. Ken's going to throw the link in the chat room there, people. Uh, but join us down there. Your ticket gets you your first drink and all the pizza and appies that you can eat. And like I said, if you have not been to uh, a big room, Kenny and Rennie party at TCB, you don't know what you're missing. And those who have been know that you'd be missing a lot if you didn't go again. So we'd love to see you down there. Uh, we love interacting with our friends. We love doing the live uh the live uh, show and i think maybe just maybe ken is waiting to apologize for his take on tearing apart the first line i think he's stop waiting it. to do it just live it. and he's going to walk around the room and solemnly shake all of your hands and apologize <laughs> especially to the ones of you who he led astray who actually followed with that take uh, absolutely crazy uh great lamplighter pick though tonight <laughs> and that brings us to our winner of the lamplighter from our last show and that would be dave chapelles Chapelles. Um, I don't know if this is a, a relation, but there's a Nadine Chapelles on Twitter that okay. shares Costco deals that I've been following for years. And uh, Mrs. Rennie follows her religiously where she goes like to the regent and is like, this is on sale right now. It really is actually helpful. I don't know if that's a relation. If so, Dave, uh, tell her, thank you. Uh, we've been following her for years and she helps us build our Costco list. But Dave, you've got work to do other than that right now. You got a direct message. Uh, me at SN Sean Reynolds. Uh, you need to send me your full name, which is probably Dave Chappelle's, and an email where I can send you your very own voucher for a frosty, delicious eight pack of lamplighter Ambrell. You got to do that before the next game. So lock it in, Dave. Get on that. Uh, and congratulations for being the latest lamplighter winner. Ken, let's get into the keg save of the game, a game where. I don't know. I, I, to me, off the top of my head, there's one save that uh, UC Saros makes off a of Kyle Connor one-timer on the power play that was better than people thought. But it's hard to give a guy a save of the game, A, when he's on the opposition team, and this is a Jets show, but B, when he allows six goals on the night. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that the Dylan Sandberg block on Philip Forsberg at the end is going to be my choice here. And, um, you know, as we mentioned, I mean, there have been a few, you know, a lot of nights when the I mean the Jets have sub 900 goaltending right now. I think it, this is not pointing the finger at the Jets goalies. I think they're going to they they need they need to be better, and I think they will be better. 
And I also think that the Jets need to be better in front of them. So uh, I think this is another night when we're going to give a nod to somebody else. Uh, Lauren Brassois did make some important saves, but uh, I thought that, you know, Dylan Sandberg, this is more of a cumulative effort. Nine shot blocks is an absurd number. And doing a great job in those moments was important for Dylan Sandberg. So I'm going to, I'm going to give the nod to him on this one here. Okay. Um, I, 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 I agree with you as well. Uh, but that's kind of a Johnston group got you covered play as well. Don't you think? Yeah. I like Lowry as the got you covered. Um, okay. just in, again, All right. same, same kind of idea. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it could have been on a night let, where there were more let me close, glorious let me close saves. Up. Let me close out the let me close out the uh, the keg and uh, and then we'll have that conversation. But uh, I agree with you on that, uh, and it's the same deal. Uh, if you are interested, uh, or the reason why you should share with us your keg save of the game, a because it's fun to do it. B, it's you know fun to point out when we're wrong, which can happen from time to time, some more than others. Uh, but hey, Stop any it. of the three keg locations, you will be getting a fifty dollar gift certificate. If you share with us, uh, with us your keg save of the game and your number gets picked out of the hat, uh, this this hat sometimes, this sweet hat here that uh, I know uh, D.I. was loving the other day there. Anyways, I digress. Share with us your keg save of the game and you are automatically entered to win a $50 gift certificate that can you can use at any of the three keg locations in the city of the Winnipeg. Each building is gorgeous as the next. Uh, do that and uh, get picked and you will be getting one of those $50 gift certificates that the keg is making rain all over the Kenny and Rennie show this year. And that brings us to our winner. And that would be the winner of the keg save of the game from last show would be Leslie Mitch, Mitchnick 8113 who left the comment regular, uh, like we had asked for some people to do uh, uh, definitely a regular left the comment uh, in the comment section below the YouTube video. You are the winner of the $50 gift certificate, but you got to claim it first and you got to do it before the next show. You know what to do. Direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds, uh, your full name, uh, which I'm assuming is Leslie Mitchnick and uh, an email. And I will get you your $50 gift certificate to the keg where you can enjoy all those great, that great food. And Kenny, I know we've been talking about it. We've actually set a date to head out to the keg. Uh, (laughs) We're going to go check it out on, is it the fourth? 14th of December. So if we have recovered from the Kenny and Rennie December to dismember, uh, if if we've healed from the wounds that are sure to come at that party, because it's going to be a battle royal, I'll tell you that much, Kenny. We will be making it over to the keg on December 14th and having a great sit-down meal. You, uh, Miss Kenny, or sorry, Mrs. Kenny and Mrs. Rennie are going to be getting together to do that. That's going to be great. Okay, let's close out the Johnston group. I know we touched on it a little bit. There's been a bunch of them. I think, you know, the system uh, no, uh, the system uh, uh, has been a got you covered uh, a great example of that but you've got um you've got uh adam lowry with the two fights I, i'm okay with that i just I'm like the leadership as a whole i mean it's again this is more of a cumulative award for kind of navigating some uh you know choppy waters uh, let's say uh, in terms of what the jets have haven't been having to deal with a lot of heavy stuff here in the in the first uh, you know 13 games here um, and again for some folks who've been asking there's um, you know there's not a ton of up there's no real update in terms of uh, when when Rick bonus may be back um, nothing new on that front yeah. and uh, you know right now Scott O'Neill and the coaching staff doing a great job and they'll continue to do so and wait Godwin 
I don't know if you noticed, but in that game, um, the Rangers game, when Wheeler came back, Cheech was doing color for us. Um, and he got a text right in the middle of the show from Rick Bonus, <laughs> And, and I, I thought it was kind of hilarious because he gets this pipeline to the guy who's talking with him in real time about the game and everything having to do with it. And rather than mind him for that, he's told a story about John Shorthouse and how often John Shorthouse texts during the game. I, I thought it was an interesting moment. We had a pipeline to the guy. Everyone wants to know what's going on and how things are going. Uh, and it kind of went unused. It was a little bit weird. Anyways, uh, I think you're all over it. Johnson Group got you covered. Play of the game. I agree with it 100%. And hey, do you run a small business in Canada? Look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan. Chambers plan to give you a competitive edge. Chambers plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more. Um, Ken, a couple of, let, let's do this. We've done this in the past. Uh, give me three, uh, you know, if you can off the top of your head, just three th- things that you found interesting about tonight's game or something that you wanted to get out about the Jets uh, and and just make three points. We don't have to go too deep on them. Just three things that we can pop out. Uh, what do you got? And if not, I can go first if you'd like. Yeah, you can go first. I've got a few thoughts, but you want to you go first since it was your idea. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I think we're starting to see a really good mix from the Winnipeg Jets, right? We've got that kind of heavy play that the third line does where they're crashing the net. It's a very direct line to the net. Uh, they're seeing offense off that. That's really difficult to handle. And I think when you've got a team that shares a common identity, like the Winnipeg Jets do, which is this system, the dogged back checking, all that kind of thing, there's an identity now, a clear identity to this team. But there's also a very clear and distinct identity, I think, from line to line. And I think tonight was one of the reasons why I'm so impressed with it is I think we're starting to see that good mix and how that mix is hard to handle, right? You have to have, you have to dig your skates in the ice and you have to fight for every inch of ice when Adam Lowry's line is out there. And then all of a sudden, Mark Scheifele's line comes out and you've got this line that is absolutely cerebral and smart and skilled and speedy. And all of a sudden you've got to handle that. It's an entirely different, you know, it's like going to war and walking into a Coliseum full of gladiators (laughs) and you're fighting this guy with a sword. And then the next guy comes and he's got like a ball on the end of a chain, right? It's got a, it's a totally different look that you have to handle. I thought we were starting to see now this really interesting mix that we get from Vladdy to Mesnikov, who's smart, stable, defensive. Cole Perfetti, who's really starting to work that hockey IQ of his. And Nick Ehlers, who I think we're starting to see more and more flashes of the Nick Ehlers-style game that we've come to know and love over the years. You're starting to see that mix gel together and create some opportunities. And then that fourth line, I know I said that about the, you know, the buy and the sell. I'd be selling on the offensive ability of Rasmus Kapari right now. But that line did generate their opportunities. They generated a little bit of a grind. Uh, I know we had the conversation last show, but are they doing enough? I still think you'd like to see a little bit more out of them. You don't have to when the top line is doing the things they're doing and the third line, but at some point in the season, mark my words, the Jets are going to need something for that fourth line, and they better be ready when it's time. But I'm really, really liking uh, the mix that I'm seeing from them right now. Uh, Jets building was great tonight. I know that the crowd wasn't, you know, I'm, I don't, did, did you see what the crowd was? I'm guessing it was in between 11 and 12,000, Ken, uh, but I 
think that it feels like that building is getting its mojo back. Um, and, and I like the idea of that. It was really into it. The refs used suck chant, all those different kind of things. But that building got loud at some points. It was enjoying itself. It was fun watching that kind of hockey. If you haven't checked into a Jets game live for a while, it may be something you're interested in doing because it's a fun atmosphere in there. And then Lauren Bressois not having the best start. I said I was going to say something about this. I'll touch on it. I think the Jets need to, and I know he's great. I, I've said this before. He's one of the best, if not the best goalies in the world in Connor Hellebuck. But I don't think the Jets can continue handling the the uh, goaltending situation in Winnipeg as give the ball to Connor, ha- let him carry it as long as he should, and then every once in a while toss the other guy in. It's not working for Lauren Bressois. Lauren Bressois, we saw, was a really good goaltender down the stretch with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, he was in the playoffs with the Vegas Golden Knights. We're not seeing that in any of his three starts so far. He looks like he's struggling, and I guess he's struggling. He came in with the mindset that he was going to come here and try and prove that last year wasn't a fluke and that he deserves more crease time, and he's being tossed the scraps right now from uh from connor hellebuck i'm not saying they need to be a a a tandem system or anything like that but this whole thing where it's basically like run it as long as you can with connor hellebuck until you can't anymore and then just throw a game to lauren brassois it's not working they need to manage it differently they need to give lauren brassois a feeling that he's more valuable to, to the team other than a guy who just every once in a while gives connor hellebuck a night off your three, yeah. yeah there's Tracy Ukrainic. Uh, Twelve one nine nine is the is the crowd number. I just double checked, which she beat me to the punch right there. So nice, nice stick tap there. Uh, my three uh, top line domination, uh, impressiveness uh, from them. Really on a roll. Mark Shifley's two way play, I think, has been underrated, uh, at least you know understated. Um, you know he needed to improve it, and he has put in the effort to improve in that front. Uh, I think, you know, we were talking about this during the intermission, Sean. I mean, I, I, you know, Brendan Dillon just flat out got caught flat footed on the first goal against at the blue line. Uh, Nate Schmidt tried to lay out and, uh, you know, nice toe drag by Philip Forsberg. But I love the way that Brendan Dillon responded. And it, it didn't matter if he got a goal or not on the slapper that ended up counting after it was initially waived. Uh, Brendan Dillon didn't let a play it doesn't let he's a he's a veteran he doesn't let a play like that bother him uh comes back finishes the game with five hits scores a goal um you know physical player did a good job on the penalty kill all of those things so uh like the way that he responded and you know what sean here you go you've been ripping me all game here but you know i'm going to give you a shout out uh on the good here uh with david gustafson moving to center uh for the second game let's call it uh doing a nice job in the middle and David Gustafson, as we've been talking about, uh, has put himself in the position where when Gabriel Velarde comes back, he's not automatically going to be the guy who comes out. Uh, Rasmus, yeah, Kapari, Rasmus Kapari is where David Gustafson was last year uh, in terms of, you know, he has no goals in 13 games. You know, he's doing some good things that are definitely evident out there. He works incredibly hard, physical presence, can really skate, all of those things. But right now he's not producing. And, you know, what David Gusson was told is you better produce or you're not in the lineup. So uh, that competition continues continues to roll along. And I like the move for a lot of reasons. Uh, I also like Kapari on the wall uh, because I think that, you know, he he's a straight line player. And I think this way Gustafson is a guy who, 
you know, has a little bit more experience playing down low defensively. He's a very smart two-way player. So for me, I like the way that they've done that. It doesn't mean automatically that Kapari will come out either. I mean, it's still, there's time for both of those guys to continue in this battle. Uh, right now, David Gustafson doing a nice job to battle. And, you know, this is the other thing about Persuad. Like, I didn't love the second goal. Uh, I know that Philip Forsberg has a good shot and he kind of caught him by surprise, but that, that's one that went right through him. And I appreciate the fact that it, Lauren Persuad doesn't get rattled. Um, you know, that's in a goal he may not have liked very much, but he didn't crumble. He ended up doing a great job. Yes, they got one later on, but Persuad did enough to get the job done. And I expect... Um, his level of play to continue to get better. Uh, he's going to see more action coming up here, Sean, uh, to your point. I mean, he's going to be in that 25 to 27 start range. I know that he's going to have to play a lot more than he did in the first 12, where it was only two out of 12. My goodness, yeah, because he's on pace for like 12 games. Sorry, no. no. I mean, he's going to play no. now next week in a back-to-back, so all of a sudden, yeah. you know, it's for, you know, he, it, the numbers are going to go up. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, and I think his play is going to, I mean, he had an emotional time on this last road trip. He got his ring when he was in Vegas, uh, spoke with Mike McIntyre about that, uh, spoke with Paul Edmonds. I mean, he was presented with the ring by Kelly McCrimmon in the room with a lot of his former teammates. It would have been something that meant a lot to him. Uh, he got the video tribute in the rink when they were there. Uh, I think that he's going to get himself into a groove here. And again, we, Connor Hellbuck, the night that he had against the Edmonton Oilers absolutely turned the Jets' season around. Uh, no one's asking him to play like that every single night, but he's the kind of guy that can be an elite goaltender. So far, he has been playing okay, but he has another level to reach, and I expect that he also will benefit from this break, and I think he'll be fired up to go head-to-head with Jake Ottinger and the Dallas Stars, yep. and uh, I'm excited for that game on Saturday. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a heavyweight tilt. Get ready to go. I mean, it's going to be an absolutely great game and can't wait for it. Um, just on this from Terry Trey, he says, LB had an opportunity to steal the net early in the season, didn't transpire. I'll agree with the idea that, like, he he had a chance to show, like, maybe there was something there, but he's not stealing the net from Connor Hellebuck. I, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine what would happen to transpire, transpire for the Jets to get to a point where they were starting – uh, Lauren Brassois over Connor Hellebuck. I just don't see it happening, especially with him signing up this year. Um, anyways, good good takes uh, to close out there, Ken. Uh, I, I like that three times format. Hey, people out there, if you like that, where we just try and touch on three topics towards the end of it, sometimes close out the show when it's a busy game like this tonight. Uh, I, I don't mind doing it. If you're okay with it, uh, we're okay with it as well. I wanted to bring up this comment here because I love this and I absolutely love when people give shout outs for the stuff that's done on this show because I was thinking about this the other day. Like our 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 design is done by a viewer, our music done by a viewer, a whole bunch of the ideas. I mean, the pristine roof and wake up call was the idea of a viewer. You're talking about another viewer with the uh, sweet Lou buy or sell. So much of what we do here is just not a, a reflection of Ken and I. It's a reflection of all of you who are along Community, for the man. ride with us. Uh, love it. So I love this comment by Paul Robert, who says, true story. I was driving in the Ottawa area, listening to K&R, the Coyotes game with the windows down when enter Kenny hit the guy in the car next to me at a light, gives me a thumbs up and asks what band that was. Well, you all don't know it already. It's Tristan Rivers who does, uh, 
Ken's entry music, Enter Kenny. Uh, he does uh, Sean's headband. He does Bring in the Hammer. He does Scotty Billick's opening music. He is, in my opinion, a musical genius who gets no these doubt. songs and brings out the essence of who each of us are. That's not e- easy to do. I think that we've got the best music in the podcast business. I absolutely love it. It's good to know that random people in the city of Ottawa are thinking so as well. So thanks, Paul Robert, for sharing that story. Ken, you got something to say before we go? Yeah, I mean, for folks on Saturday, we know it's a crazy sports day, so we're not going to be up at the usual time. Uh, we're going to go up a little bit later in the evening. I know, you know, the, we love to do the live stuff, but just with because most people's attention after the Jets game will turn directly to the CFL West final with the Bombers hosting the Lions, uh, you're going down to cover it. Um, so we're going to be going up a little bit later uh, post-game show. So uh, keep your eyes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we'll we'll try to promote it as best we can in terms of the you know, distinct amount of time. Uh, but we're going to be going up a little bit later, so folks are wondering where things are at. Uh, that's where we're at for Saturday's post-game show. We want to we want to leave enough room for this to be an epic uh, doubleheader for Manitoba sports fans, and then we'll get back at it and talk about the uh, that tilt that we talked about uh, earlier with the Jets and the Stars going head-to-head for the first time this season. It'll be the, a post-post-game yeah. show. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh we don't want to detract from what the bombers are doing, no doubt. And the other part about that, uh, Oh, Tristan Rivers. Thank says, you, Tristan. What's uh, up, my man? Thanks for the kind of words. Um, geez, that's the, the, the kindness, uh, is all from you. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, we always have to remember this, that this is Kenny and, uh, my side hustle. If you would want to call it that, to be honest, it's just our passion to be here and do this. Sorry. What but we thing? have to make sure, sure. Let me just get this out. We have to make sure, uh, in situations like this, like, uh, my job is, is, at Sportsnet and so I'm covering the Jets game and then I'm covering the Bombers game so I have to wait till work's over before we can get into this is another reason why we're doing that Finish Sorry, up there, and, and the folks just the Bomber fans you know we know the Darren bombing is going up for bonfire so we're not talking about an immediate after the Bomber game we're talking a little bit later into the evening here so uh, it will be later on it will be after bonfire uh, not exactly if it will be exactly after it is over but uh, later in the evening is what we're talking about yeah. not, not directly you know 5.30 kickoff we're not talking about an 8.30 start it'll be probably a little bit later on so anyways um uh sorry roy mack was just talking about uh his phone's been buzzing in his pocket <laughs> a lot lately anyway oh, easy, um yeah. <laughs> uh hey uh, appreciate everyone being along for the ride uh you were uh you're on it tonight except for all of those uh with the stockholm syndrome on kenny's takes i i'm i'm feeling bad for you for when he eventually comes out and admits he's wrong at the show and you're all left there on december 10th feeling dismembered <laughs> by kenny at the december stop it, stop it's it. going to be a tough one but uh thanks for joining us everybody and like i say every single show uh if you appreciate the conversations happening in this space please appreciate and support our sponsors who fight to keep this conversation going in this space for us that's vittorio rossi pristine roofing uh sweet lou furlan the johnston group cambrian credit union of course the keg and transcanda brewing company where we will be on december 10th for the december to remember slash christmas party uh ken had thrown it in there uh get your tickets uh you know uh throw it in there one last time ken uh for everybody or people will be able to scroll back in the show and find it uh find the link get your tickets we'd love to see you there we want it to be an absolute banger uh because with the music that we have and the takes that we have on this show everything kenny and rennie is an absolute banger so let's keep it that way by selling out that place on december 10th hoping to see you there in the meantime we will see you on uh saturday after 
after the Dallas Stars Winnipeg Jets game and after the Winnipeg Blue Bombers game. It's going to be a late one, but we'd love to see you there. Hope to see you there. Talk to you later. Bye bye.